0: Welcome to Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. I'm Greg.
1: And I'm Erin. We've been married 31 years. We're marriage counselors and we lead the marriage team here at Focus on the Family.
0: And we have four kids. We never really say that. Yeah. We probably should.
1: And two son-in-laws. That's true. Very nice. Hope they
0: don't listen or they'll they'll be offended with yes. that. Yes.
1: Greg, today we're discussing how men can best love and lead their fierce women. Mm, I know nothing about this, which I think is so interesting and not something we always talk about in the marriage space.
0: Yeah, define that real quick. How how would you define what's a fierce woman? Because I I don't want to misspeak and then...
1: Yeah, I would say a fierce woman is one that has strength. I think all women inside, deep inside somewhere, they have a fierce woman, but different temperaments, different birth orders, different age... You know that we that comes out in different ways.
0: Yeah, remember you did this whole talk on the Proverbs thirty one woman. What she was called? What was the name? Was
1: it was Hale? Yeah, man. yeah,
0: yeah. That was and it. it's so
1: funny because I totally forgot about that talk. Yeah. I think I blocked it out.
0: No, I, I, you practiced so many times. Uh, like I could have given that talk, but uh, I remember so much of how you described and how the Bible describes that hail woman that yes. that's that to me, that's that fierce woman. And, you know, we, we've had to figure this out <laughs> along our <laughs> 31 years of marriage, because I, I would certainly describe you as that, that fierce woman. And I remember one time, um, as we tried to again, stumble through, like even how, how do I show up as a leader in, mm-hmm. and, and lead you? Well, I remember on our honeymoon, Remember, we got into this big fight because I wanted to, you know, swim around in this one particular waterfall. And when we got there, there was a stupid sign that said no swimming and you're a A rule rule follower. follower. So you wouldn't go in and it made me so mad. And I even ended up saying to you, well, fine, if you're going to be that stubborn and not swim with me, then this honeymoon is run for me. Which probably isn't yeah. the right thing to say on a honeymoon. So no. if you're well, about I, to go on your honeymoon, just don't use don't that phrase. Don't say that.
1: But I'm very much a rule follower. So the yeah, sign said no that, swimming. That's so I fair. was there was no budging me. I, get I was it now. not getting into that water. Yeah. You did. I, did. I did not.
0: And I made sure that you saw me and I gave you the look like so you could be in here with me. Anyway, all that to say, you mm-hmm. were so. Frustrated with me, we got into such big conflict that we just quit talking to each Mm -hmm. other. But this was our last night Mm -hmm. on our honeymoon, and we had these uh, like this concert tickets Mm -hmm. that night, and so we ended up in this huge auditorium, just just everybody packed together. Uh There weren't like individual seats or like these ginormously long wooden benches, and so everybody was just jammed in there. And you're not talking to me, and I'm thinking this is our last. You know night on our honeymoon, and you 're not talking to me, and so you know if if I want any sort of intimacy later on, I probably need to do something here so I remember you know maybe the not the perfect motive, but really gone you know I need to to initiate you know doing something to to start to repair this mm-hmm. you know this conflict, and so I kind of you know pulled out my arm. You know, kind of, because we're all jammed in there. Just put my arm around you, just to be gentle. You know, a gentle answer turns away wrath. So I'm thinking, certainly, a gentle touch would mm-hmm. would turn away wrath, maybe. And it, you, you responded in no way, shape, or form. You just continued to ignore me, and so mm-hmm. I, I, again, just gently, lightly, continued to rub your shoulder, just thinking, certainly, this will help to begin to repair you know, our yeah. conflict nothing and it was it it got to the point that i'm like what why like come on you can't you see i'm initiating you know at least <laughs> respond so i i kind of leaned in to say something to you and that's when the woman who was seated next yes. to you on the other side She's leaned in looking at me kind of with that look like, what are you doing? And so I I I realized as I looked at, at my arm, my hand, and I had been massaging the stranger's shoulder the entire time. So Yeah. Strike two for me that yes. night. Well we ultimately, you know, resolved the conflict later on. We had and, a good laugh and, and
1: introduced ourselves to the yeah, woman sitting next to awkward. us. Actually began <laughs> After that, sending Christmas cards every year. (laughs) That's true. We became friends.
0: Yeah. Remember at the bottom, she would always write, Hey, P.S. Greg, if you ever get tired of Aaron, you know, I'm (laughs) still here waiting. So she was like 30 years older than us yes. at the time. So the, the point is, is that I, I think a part of um, what I've had to learn is, yeah, what, what does leadership look like with, mm-hmm. with a fierce woman? So you are certainly that. And that, that's a great thing. And we're going to talk about how to do that within the podcast today. So we've got... Some great segments coming up. You know, I'm going to give my definition of biblical leadership as a husband. Later on, Aaron and I are going to share some stories of hope from some of our listeners and our Hope Restored alumni. We'll also hear a question from one of our listeners who wants to know, how can I support my husband When there is hurt in my own heart.
1: Mm. But first, I had a great conversation with Leroy and Kim Wagner about how they learned to get out of what they call the fierce woman, fearful man cycle. They're authors and speakers with some amazing thoughts. Such a precious interview. So let's listen to the conversation I had with Kim and Leroy. So your marriage, um, Kim and Leroy, got off to a shaky start. And how did you know there was going to be trouble? How did you know that there were going to be challenges?
2: Well, I can't speak for Kim to answer that question, Erin, but I can say that I knew even before we were married that uh, I was way over my head <laughs> in need of grace. Mm-hmm. And uh, But uh, she was uh, so such a incredible person, and, and actually I, I felt like she was a force of nature and, mm. uh, you know, drew me into her world. And uh, we both had such a desire to follow the Lord, to do His will, and we both had such a love for Jesus that uh, we thought whatever the differences are, we're going to be completely compatible, and everything is going to go great in mm. spite of our great differences and uh our what i knew that i would not be able to handle this kind of a uh, a woman who is uh, <laughs> uh, so full of life and so full of passion i nice, didn't know a how that would
1: translate good way to say it
3: <laughs> on our honeymoon um so um i really went into marriage just thinking it was going to be this great 50-year date. And Mm -hmm. um, so he was going to just adore me and love me and spoil me. And he had done a good job of that in our dating relationship. And so then when marriage began, I was very immature, I will say that, emotionally immature. Yes, I loved the Lord. I studied Mm -hmm. His Word. But very um, immature emotionally. And I think most couples go into marriage thinking, um, expecting to get love. Mm -hmm. They're more focused on getting love than giving love. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I mean, you know, emotionally, and there's this infatuation and excitement. And my precious husband Mm -hmm. had driven all day... Uh, On our honeymoon, uh, I think it was the third day in, we were Mm -hmm. actually headed to Colorado Springs, Ah. and we were camping all over uh, different wilderness areas of Colorado, and the third night, after him driving so hard all day, he fell asleep on me, (laughs) and I was so devastated and woke him up crying, being this emotional woman, like, are we not going to cuddle? And and expecting, I just thought, once you're married, every night is fireworks. (laughs) And he he disappointed (laughs) me and hurt me. And I think that there's this pattern that can develop very easily Mm -hmm. where women get their feelings hurt Mm -hmm. and feel this sense of rejection. Mm -hmm. And then we can tend to punish our husbands mm-hmm. in different ways. And that, that comes out differently with different women. Some are, they give the silent treatment and some do more like I did. They mm-hmm. give these horrible verbal jabs or these terrible looks with a raised eyebrow and mm-hmm. and really can cause a man to lose his heart to serve the wife or mm-hmm. love the wife mm-hmm. or cherish the wife. And then mm-hmm. that cycle just grows deeper and deeper and deeper.
1: Yes, and you guys talk about the fierce woman, fearful man cycle. Um, how mm-hmm. did this manifest in your marriage? And Kimberly, if you want to start talking about the fierce woman, and then Leroy will let you take the fearful man. Okay. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, I, as a fierce woman, when I when I talk about that in the book for wives, I give them kind of some characteristics that's, uh, for me, like a biological list or Mm a biographical mm -hmm. list, I should say, but it can manifest itself in different ways. I do believe God delights in a woman using her strengths. In fact, when Mm -hmm. when we're described in Genesis as being the helper, you know, I, I used to think of that word just the English word for helper as being such a lame thing that we're asked to do, I thought, mm-hmm. and a helper, mm-hmm. I don't want to be a helper. I want to, you know, have great conquests. And uh-huh, um,
1: uh-huh.
3: then when I studied the Hebrew word for helper, it's a there and it means essential strengthening counterpart. Ooh. And so we're to come alongside our husband as this, Helper, encourager, strengthening part of his life, but so many times, <laughs> at least with me, it morphed into it, rather than being a helper, mm-hmm. I started emasculating my husband. Uh-huh. I became like a shame. What I call a shame dispenser. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're pouring out shame because you start criticizing how they try to lead or not lead, or you give them just negative comments or Mm -hmm. show disappointment, either through your, it can't just be your tone of voice, not even something you say, that strips a man of his desire to serve in that role as Mm -hmm. the spiritual leader. Mm -hmm. Um, it, It happens subtly, easily, where you don't even recognize that this beautiful strength that God is placed within women
1: mm-hmm.
3: begins to morph into this horrible emasculating um, character traits. Where I mm-hmm. didn't even realize I was doing that to him, and so the finger of blame I begin to point it at him for mm-hmm. all of our marriage problems and issues. He was the problem. He was the weak man, the fearful man, the mm-hmm. passive man. Mm-hmm. And I stopped giving him the very thing that men need. They need appreciation. They need affirmation. And I Mm -hmm. stopped giving that to him because I felt like, well, he doesn't need any affirmation. His head's already too big. You know, I need to bring him down a notch or two. Uh, And how did that work? (laughs) That not did not well. work out not well. Did it,
1: babe? Yeah, yeah, and I so appreciate Kim what you're saying because as a marriage counselor, I see this a lot. As well as we lived it, I'm I'm really thankful that we weren't the only ones on our honeymoon having a hard time. And I think largely for the same reasons that you're saying, Kim, that as a fierce woman myself, I think I had lots of expectations, and especially walking in as that. Um, that young woman who needed to continue to mature emotionally and in awareness of who I am. And I love that you're saying, gosh, as we do that, we can really come alongside our men and really strengthen them by being that essential strengthening counter partner. I love that. So Leroy, how did this look for you as you entered into this new marriage?
2: Well, for me, there were a couple of strikes against me right off the bat. Um, I was uh, a man that uh, came from a household with a dominant, dominating, fierce father and mm-hmm. there was there was no uh, feedback from any of us as a family. I mean, mm-hmm. it was his way or the highway, and so I was left without any. Uh, knowledge of how to interact Mm -hmm. with a person like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just be silent, be quiet. And uh, so that was a strike against me. And then also, uh, as a believer, uh, I was not one given to anger. I didn't argue, didn't know how to argue with her. I I couldn't. I had Mm -hmm. no experience in that. So I began to just back away and retreat into a cave. Okay. farther and farther back. And I even thought how noble I was not to fight back, not mm-hmm. to get engaged with all this emotion and all that, you know, that was happening in our marriage. Mm-hmm. And that was, uh, that, that passivity is, I think, where a lot of men are that have that type of Uh, well, I'm a Christian, I'm not going to holler at my wife, I'm Mm -hmm. not going to fight back, I'm not going to engage in these type of emotional conflicts. And so they begin to, really, they're seeking their own comfort by withdrawing. Mm -hmm. And the marriage begins to uh, divide, and that chasm grows deeper and deeper and deeper as the man retreats and as the woman continues to try to engage him Mm -hmm. and cry out and even become more Emotional in trying to repair the relationship. She's trying to do that, but her fierceness actually is making it more difficult to do.
1: Mm, It's so interesting, you know, when you delve a little bit deeper into what's really happening, that she's becoming more fierce because she wants the relationship to be more um efficient and effective and versus for the man he you know might be thinking that he's actually giving her a gift by withdrawing and not screaming or yelling but then it ends up impacting the relationship negatively from both stances exactly
0: Well, I appreciate Leroy's honesty about being passive. I, mean, I appreciate him being honest. He, he talked about how he would retreat from conflict and kind of thought he was being noble mm-hmm. for backing away and letting her lead. So, let, let's talk for a minute about biblical leadership. You know, when 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 I think about this, I think one of the best ways to talk about biblical leadership mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. for a husband is to look at the verb to lead. So I'd encourage guys actually just go and Google that, look it up, and, and it gives some great insight. One of the, the meanings of the verb to lead is to guide in a particular direction. So I think part of my job is to be very clear, like, wh- where are we headed? Like, h- how am I guiding and this isn't leadership like, hey, I'm 10 yards ahead of you. This is like I'm guiding, like we're we're next to each other, but we've agreed on where we're going.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, and we're teammates. Yeah,
0: and you and I, we we talk all the time, kind of our, our passion, our goal, where we believe we're going is the greatest commandment.
1: Mm-hmm. And you think about the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God, heart, soul, mind, strength, love your neighbor as yourself.
0: Yeah, and, and so I think a part of that is, you know, where we're heading is towards a Christ-likeness, so becoming more and more like Christ. I love Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God. So I think that's a part of to guide in a particular direction, hmm. but then also talk about, you know, what what's our purpose for our marriage? Like mm-hmm. how are we using our marriage to serve God, to to serve others, to mm-hmm. love God to love others?
1: Yeah, it's important to to know where we're going and to know that we're going in the same direction. It would be like climbing a fourteen thousand foot mountain, you going one way and me going right. the other, right. versus we're going up the mountain together. Yeah. And we know where our destination is. Yeah. And And so what is our destination, our purpose in our journey, and how do we want to bless others as a result of what God has done in and through our marriage? We will often use the analogy, we don't want a Dead Sea marriage. Um, You think about the Dead Sea, the Jordan River, this life-giving river flows into the Dead Sea, but absolutely nothing flows out. And that's not what – we don't want Mm -hmm. a Dead Sea marriage. We want a marriage that blesses others.
0: Yeah. And so, again, the verb to lead, so part of it is to guide in a particular direction. Another aspect is to serve. And I think as a husband, that's that's one of our greatest callings is not only to serve, but it's as Christ lays out, love your wife as he loved the church. And that's really the essence of sacrificing. Mm-hmm. So it's really um, looking for ways to sacrifice. And I would challenge any guy kind of with this statement, do more around the house and with the kids like they're, they're just inevitably going to feel like there's an inequality for mm. our wives for, for what you take on around the house mm. and work and with the kids and, and all that. And so I think a great way – I was reading an article the other day um, that was just this woman talking about um, the thing – the one thing that her husband does has made such a big difference is that he took on doing the laundry. So that that's a great example of sacrificing, giving up – Something that matters to you, maybe your time, your resources, something. Mm -hmm. But find out. Remember, do you remember the time I asked you, you know, what's one of the things that you most hate doing, like chore-wise around Mm -hmm. our house? And you Mm -hmm. said the dishes. Mm -hmm. And so I told you that, hey, that's how I'm going to lead. Then I'm going to take that on. That's mine. So I do the laundry. I do the dishwasher and Mm -hmm. unloading dishes and, and doing all that. So I think, again, let's look for those opportunities Another part of the verb to lead mm-hmm. means to influence. It's not to control. Biblical leadership is not lording over. You and I created, you know, male and female, we 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 are equal. You know, we're joined heirs it says in 1 Peter. You know, and, and so you and I are on the same exact level and yet, you know, I want to make sure that I'm trying to influence and saying, well, what do you think about this? And, you know, as we go to make decisions, let's do this as a team. But all that. The, the biggest thing, though, and I talked to a lot of young husbands mm-hmm. about biblical leadership. And so, again, if you think about it from the standpoint of the verb to lead, it's it's to be the first to do something. So, that's a part of that definition. Look it up. The first to do something. And so I always tell young husbands, okay, so leadership is not, again, not lording over, not making decisions. Mm -hmm. Hear me. A leader does not mean, oh, good, I get to make the decisions. That is not at all what that means. What, What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to initiate. Let me be the first to do certain things like, let me be the first to initiate nourishing Aaron, nourishing my kids, let me initiate communication, asking you, Mm -hmm. you know, how how was your day? Tell me what's going on. How are you feeling? Here's give me three feeling words, like that sort of initiation. Initiate conflict repair. Told that story, you know, in in the opening about our, you know, honeymoon Mm -hmm. and and I had to initiate, you know, when we were both hurt, shut down, initiated, although it didn't Mm -hmm. go perfectly for me, (laughs) but it's still initiate that, be the first. To show up with a humble heart, be the first to show up. You know, really going. Let's figure this out and repair this.
1: Mm-hmm. But what I always say when I think back to those early days of our relationship is that I would have praised more of the attempts and you stepping into leadership as that young husband. That I wish I would have praised more. That I wouldn't have been quite as critical because Leroy and Kim talk about this, yeah. that typically when a man isn't leading, then the wife will step up and do it. Yeah. And so I think I did that, you know, if you were passive, well, then I would step up and I would say, fine, no, I'll fair. do it yeah. and I'll lead us. Yeah. But bottom line, I wish I would have given more grace. Yeah to that young husband, because you know you didn't all of a sudden wake up one day after you said, I do, and go, mm, I know how to lead. I'm going to be a great leader. Yeah. You could have said that, but it takes time and practice and specifically leading a strong woman like myself.
0: Yeah. Well, guys, here's my challenge then to you. Tonight, maybe here in the next 24, 48 hours, really ask your wife, what are things... That would be important for you for me to initiate around. So I'm telling you, one of the biggest things that we can do to lead is to be the first to do something to initiate. So so ask her, you know, w- w- what would matter to you? What do you want me to lead out? What can I really be initiating within our relationship that would be a big deal mm-hmm. to you?
1: Mm-hmm, for sure. If you want to go deeper on this topic, Kim and Leroy have some fantastic books. One is called Fierce Women, The Power of a Soft Warrior, and another one is Men Who Love Fierce Women. We have both of those available here at the ministry for a gift of any amount. And when you donate and get the book, you're supporting the show. So thank you so much for your generosity. And all the details will be in the show notes. So now we're going to head into a segment of hope, and we know that all of us go through seasons where hope drains, and it's so encouraging in those seasons to hear stories of hope. And so as you hear some testimonies just from people who've benefited from our Hope Restored intensive program, as well as just from our podcast, um, we hope it encourages your heart.
0: Yeah, because we believe that a marriage can survive off of someone else's hope for a season. So we hope that these bless you.
1: Greg, here's one from a Hope Restored alumni. So someone who went through the Hope Restored Intensive Program. They said, We came with trepidation and vulnerability, but hoping that the Lord God would show up. The Spirit moved. Both of us were eternally changed. We leave with peaceful hearts, gratitude, and healing. God brought the healing. We learned about caring for our own hearts first and just how much God can help with that. This place, this time, is a permanent marker in our lives. Thanks be to God. Amen. This was the best anniversary gift we could have given to each other and to our family.
0: I love that thinking mm. about that as an anniversary gift. Well, let's now hear a voicemail from Michael. Hi, Greg and Erin. Uh, my name is Michael. I'm calling you all the way from Singapore. My wife and I have been married 25 years, and I love listening to your podcast. Uh, my wife and I work with some of our young couples in church where we do marriage prep with them, and I recommend your podcast to them quite a bit because you have some great stuff. So I don't have a question, but I just wanted to encourage you and say, keep up the good work, guys. What you're doing is so important in building marriages that will last. So thank you for what you do, and may the Lord
4: continue to bless your ministry.
1: Mm, what a blessing to hear those words! Yeah, wow. In those times when we're like, "Oh my word, does it make a difference?" Are people listening? Yes, people are listening all the way in Singapore. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, and Michael, we love fighting for marriages right alongside of you. So thank you. Well, let's listen to another testimony from one of our Hope Restored alumni. Wow. This week started off with so many emotions. I was scared, hopeless, very uncertain if this is what God wanted for me and for our marriage. You know, I felt so defeated each day we walked into our sessions and I would feel guilty that I didn't have the same hope that the other couples were starting to show and feel. Finally, on the last day, I just shared that I was feeling angry, our entire group circled around us to pray over us, and for the first time, I could feel God's presence in our marriage. We know we still have work to do, but knowing that God is with us gave me the reassurance that I was looking for.
1: Oh, it's so sweet. I just can. That's powerful. I can just see this couple. Um, walking into that room feeling so discouraged, and just the community yeah. of other couples praying over them to yeah. feel the
5: presence of God. Wow,
0: yeah, the power of prayer! Mm-hmm. So, let's listen to now a voicemail from Katie.
5: Hi, Greg and Aaron. My name is Katie. I've been listening to you guys for quite a while now, and getting um, different emails and articles, and listening to this podcast. And I just want to say thank you both. Um, I've been married. We've been married almost 17 years in February. And I just love you two because, quite honestly, I feel like I'm a lot like Aaron, and Kevin's a lot like Greg. (laughs) Um, And so it's really fun for me to listen and shake my head, nod my head and say, oh my gosh, yes, I'm a very strong-willed woman as well. And so anyways, um, I'm literally only doing this to say thank you for what you're doing and I cannot financially give at this time but when I am able to I will for sure be giving to um, focus on the family but this recording is also to say I don't know why everybody's knocking and laughing at poor Greg I love shrimp with creamy white sauce (laughs) it's amazing so as Aaron was cracking up I'm thinking poor Greg I would have loved for you to make me that one of my favorite dishes is shrimp alfredo Um, and it's a creamy white sauce, so I don't know what all exactly it was, um, why it wasn't wonderful, but it sounds wonderful to me. So keep on keeping on you two. You're amazing. Thanks for everything and enjoy that shrimp. Bye.
0: (laughs) Katie, you have no idea how validated I feel right now. So thank you for for being in my corner as I really wrestle through that shrimp alfredo.
1: Yes, and I would agree shrimp alfredo is great the
0: That's first time, I mean. the
1: second time, <laughs> even the third time, but the 10th time no, <laughs> so I appreciate though Katie your sense of humor and supporting Greg in his cooking endeavors. And maybe i 'll mix it up a little bit
0: I know now i 'm going right back to shrimp, man if well, it 's good enough for katie it 's yeah. good enough for you, and we
1: haven 't had that in a while, so maybe it 's time to to recycle it, bring well, I, it back around
0: well and I, and I tell you, and i we appreciate so appreciate you guys calling in and just encouraging us mm-hmm. that you know the Bible talks about. You know encouraging one another daily, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so just to thank you for taking the time to do that yes. and I love those testimonies from Hope Restored again, yes. we believe that the the power of that program we've we 've led those before we 've seen mm-hmm. the miracles happen, and God so shows up yes. and there is true hope and help within that program so if you 're mm-hmm. hurting if you 're struggling if you 're going man. I love listening to the podcast, but we're just, we're stuck. Mm-hmm. We just so encourage you, you know, check out the link in our show notes and, and take that first step. I know it takes so much courage to mm-hmm. do that. You can do this. Check mm-hmm. out Hope Restored. Go to yeah. and and you're going to see how God will use that in your marriage.
1: Yeah. What I love more than anything, just this segment and Hope Restored and um, the voicemails that we can so stand with each other and encourage one another. And if you are struggling and you need hope, go to hoperestored.com. And I can just imagine all the hope you're going to be filled with as you sit with other couples who are in more than likely a similar place as you. And I just love that image of couples praying for couples and standing for each other and filling each other with hope.
0: Well, now we're going to move on to our weekly Q&A and this is the part of the show where we answer your burning questions about marriage.
1: Please send us your questions. You can click the link in the show notes or go to crazylittlethingcalledmarriage.com and click the button on the side of the show page to leave us a voicemail. And if your question gets answered on the show, we're going to send you a copy of our book, Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage, 12 Secrets to a Lifelong Romance for free is our way of saying thank you for listening and reaching out
0: to us. Yeah, today's question comes from Sarah. So let's listen to her voicemail.
4: Hi, Greg and Erin. This is a question for you. A year ago, I found out that my husband of 19 years was looking at pornography. This brought to the forefront the realization that we were not as solid in our relationship as I had thought. We had a few discussions and decided that we did want to stay married, that we love each other, and that there was room for growth. I went to counseling for a year and have started to see my weakness that has contributed to the lack of communication in our relationship. Uh, To put it simply, now I am at a point uh, without my counselor, and uh, my husband doesn't seem to want to build up our communication. He knows we have ways uh, that we could work on our marriage, but he doesn't know where to start, and his life as a farmer is so demanding that he says he doesn't think about these things. So the question is, how do I support my husband be a wife that builds him up? And yet be honest about the real hurts in my heart. Mm,
1: That is so tough, Sarah. Sounds like difficulties with finding out about the pornography, but then going in and growing yourself, but then being met with resistance around, you know, how do we connect at a deeper level? So that's tough stuff. But I'm so thankful you called in so we can speak into this.
0: Yeah. And Erin and I always want to kind of start with just, okay, here's here's what we believe is the foundation is that in every marriage, there's three relationships that have to be attended to Mm -hmm. equally. Like it can't just be one or do these two, leave this one out. Like all three have to really be attended to.
1: Yeah. The key is to understand who is responsible for the care and feeding of each relationship and how to do that job. So in essence, the three relationships are you, your spouse and the marriage. And all three need to be equally attended to. So with you, it's recognizing what am I responsible for? um, Who's the helper? Who's my assistant, which is my spouse is my assistant, but I'm responsible for me. And how to do the job? What is the job? The job is to care for me um, through godly self-care, heart, soul, mind, strength. So emotionally, spiritually, intellectually and physically. That's all my job. And I have control of that. So often we look at others to say, you know, you're responsible to make sure this is happening for me. No, 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 no. It's me that's responsible for me because God gave me that job.
0: Yeah. So Sarah, all we're encouraging you to do is to remember, keep doing what you're doing. Those things that you learned in counseling, keep caring well for you, making sure that you're full, whole, healthy that you have something then to give because your husband is responsible for him it's it's his yard your job is to be a great supporter a helper mm-hmm. within his journey so we'd encourage you ask him hey in the season, what can I do to help you as, as you recharge and as mm-hmm. you get rest, as you find things that fill you up? Is there anything that I can do to be supporting that? Now, he may say, well, I'm just so busy as a farmer. Well, I mean, it's again, that's that's up to him to decide how you can best support him and all you can do is you can offer you can whatever that might look mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. just continue to to be his helper so you matter he matters but then also your your marriage matters
1: yeah and both of you are equally responsible for the state of your marriage and so you and your husband both are 100% responsible for the state and condition of the marriage who helps others? It takes a village to raise a marriage. So making sure that you're surrounding yourself with other couples who can support and walk and journey with you um through this lifetime. And you know, really, it's looking at what do we need to address within the marriage and just some suggestions, you know, based on the marriage assessment that is free here at Focus on the family things like commitment, uh, managing conflict, communication, sex, teamwork, you know, dividing up household responsibilities, time together. And so it's just looking at these are all things that have to be addressed within the marriage.
0: Yeah, in in Sarah keep doing the things like that. Like do healthy communication, you know, when, when you guys argue, I mean initiate repairing. I mean again, you can't control if he's going to do that or not. You can't control if he's going to be able to give the marriage the attention that it needs mm-hmm. based on you know certain seasons as a farmer all we're saying at the end of the day is be clear on what you can control which is you mm-hmm. you can you can influence mm-hmm. you know how you help him by asking him hey is there mm-hmm. anything i can do mm-hmm. to to support kind of you caring for you however you would say that in your own words and then just keep doing those things that, that you desire within the relationship, you're offering, you're suggesting things that are important, uh-huh. like good communication or conflict, having fun together. Maybe that's what you're focused on is hey, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're so busy. What what are some fun things that we can do, you know, at the end of the night? Maybe it's, you know, playing some cards or watching a show or whatever you guys enjoy doing.
1: Yeah. Really, it's recognizing I have such great influence and I can model the exact behaviors that I want to see. Now, all of that said, if nothing is changing and there's a very consistent pattern of him kind of checking out and not participating, I would say, hey, I really want us to go in and talk to someone, whether that be a pastor or if he has a good friend that can speak into his life. It's just going, who can walk with us and support us and support you, Sarah, in influencing him? And so maybe it is going in and talking to your pastor just to to say, Hey, something's going on here that needs to be addressed. What's getting in the way of us addressing it? And how can I support you to continue walking forward in this marriage?
0: Yeah, and Sarah, we, we're gonna continue to root you on. Again, we'll send you that free copy of the, the book Crazy Little Thing called Marriage because there's so many ideas in there. Mm-hmm. Twelve in particular of how you guys can can keep strength in your marriage things that you can do to mm-hmm. strengthen your marriage.
1: Yeah. Thanks again Sarah for your question and look out for your free copy of Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. And if you're listening today and have any questions for us contact us. Click the link in the show notes to leave us a voicemail. Thank you for joining us for Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. Loving, fierce women can be an adjustment, especially early in marriage. Poor Greg. We hope we were able to give you some practical tips, both you know, for husbands and wives, as you learn to navigate this thing called marriage.
0: I'm going to lead my fierce wife by continuing to uh, cook shrimp Alfredo so get ready you know be sure to like listen and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts because you know at the end of the day we want you to have a seat at the table every week as we help equip you and your spouse to have a lifelong and satisfying marriage we want you to be growing spiritually as individuals and as a couple so that you can turn around and invest in other couples to help them build thriving marriages. Thanks
1: again for listening. We'll talk with you next week about this crazy little thing called marriage.
0: Is your marriage holding on by a thread?